Welcome, fans, to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. I'm Chris, and that's Dan. Feels like a podcast of nothing at all. Nothing at all. That's right, guys. This is Stupid Sexy Podcast. We're going to review every Simpsons ever. Today's episode is Season 1, Episode 8, titled The Telltale Head. Not the Telltale Heart. First bit of trivia. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally the first piece of trivia right there. Of course, it's based on the Edgar Allan Poe story. The Telltale Heart, which people know. He hides the heart under the floorboards and hears it beating and it drives him insane to the point where he confesses his crime. Yep, great. It's actually a decent, cool story. It's a it cool really story. is. Well, I like it's all guy, of the... guy is paid to be the caretaker of this old man with, like, cataracts and glaucoma and stuff, and he gets tired of the old man's bullshit, and he fucking kills him. The, uh, <laughs> and then he can't deal with the guilt. <laughs> this, the story, I think, we've, we read in school. We did a study on Edgar Allan Poe, and I remember Telltale Heart being one of the better stories there. Not that he has bad stories, but I remember particularly liking that one. And of course, that's well, been he referenced. has ones where it's like, this is a poem and it's a hundred page poem. What the fuck? <laughs> and then it's like, this is a really cool horror story. Why is it only 10 pages? Because so, the yeah. coolest stuff happened before the story. Exactly. I actually like stories like that where it's like, oh, no, yeah, I already killed that fucker. <laughs> you guys are coming in a bit too late for that shit. <laughs> And don't forget, y'all, there, we'll, we will eventually be getting to that Treehouse of Horror episode with a fantastic Edgar Allan Poe reference. I mean, we already had one. It was in the first one of Edgar Allan Poe. So, yes, this is The Telltale Head, the story of pretty much one of Bart's most famous pranks. This... I pulled a few boners in my day. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, real quick, we our chalkboard gag was I did not see Elvis. And the couch gag is a rehash of when Bart gets shoved off the couch and pops into the air, and then he comes down in front of the TV while we got the final credits on. It's also one of the few episodes that actually lists the episode title on screen. It actually says The Telltale Head right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting tidbit because... I used to know this trivia off the top of my head, and I don't... I know there's uh, only a handful of episodes that actually list the title of the episode. One of them is 22 short films about Springfield, and I think The Simpsons' 138th episode Spectacular is another one. I can't remember... I think there's only four, four or five. I don't remember them off the top of my head, but... uh, also, I didn't notice this until I read the trivia, but apparently on the chalkboard, one of the I did not see Elvis lines actually says, I did see Elvis. So, Bart's telling the truth, guys. Other than the title on screen, we basically, one of the only episodes that I can remember that doesn't have a, uh, a linear storyline. Because it cuts in with Bart holding the head and Homer... Homer and Bart basically getting cornered at the statue. Nowhere to go. There's people rioting all over the place, and they're ready to kill him. Krusty the Clown, Reverend Lovejoy, 
everybody's ready to just murder them. And Homer tries to be brave, and he says, Don't worry, son, we're going to die together like a father and son should, which is just creepy. Homer? So, the only canon episodes with on-screen titles are Telltale Head, Bart Gets Hit by a Car, 22 short films about Springfield, The Book Job, Homerland, Barthood, and The Great Fatsby, Part 1. Oh, jeez. Some of those are so new that I either haven't seen them yet, or have and don't even remember them. But uh, And it says the latter four, like behind the laughter, appear to use the title cards for parody purposes. Of course. which So they're like, you know, calling the thing that they're referencing has a title card like that, and so they did a title card like that. That works for me. So yeah, the mob's advancing, and Bart begs them to at least listen to the story of how he ended up in this situation. They're like, well, how long is it going to take? About 23 minutes and 5 seconds. And then you look at the screen and you realize, oh, wait, they're counting commercials. Yes. There isn't that much time in the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So the family, we're going to flash back to a week ago. And it's Sunday. The family's getting ready to go to church. And Maggie looks good. Lisa looks good. And Bart has to assume the position. He's got dice, a slingshot, and a comic book hidden in his church clothes. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, Marge is already... This is a classic segment. Like, I mean, the entire episode is classic, but this five, ten minutes is all-time best five, ten minutes. Assume the position. Oh, man. And Homer's losing it over a football game. Which which tells you where they live. Because if they were East Coast or even Central, there is no football games before you go to church. Exactly. More proof that Springfield's in the West Coast. I still maintain that the sunsets over the beach is the only real proof you need. Because they ain't in Florida, and they're not on a great lake. But, hey. Or are they? Uh, they could be, but they've also been swept out to sea, so. But then but then I've also seen screenshots where the city of Springfield appears to be where Chicago is. And even if that were true, Chicago is on a great lake... Uh, the lake faces the wrong direction for a sunset on the beach. So the lake is north and east. Correct. You should know that. You've been there. I was born there, but I lived there for six weeks. <laughs> the first six weeks of life. <laughs> well, you technically have been there. <laughs> that counts, right? Counts for I, something. Counts for something. So yeah, so Homer's of course losing it over the football game. And as they're driving into church, Homer's got the game on the radio. And he gets really excited and starts beeping the horn and the headlights go along with it. Which has always been a gag on the show. Is that a thing that old cars used to do? I have no idea. Because I don't think I've ever heard of your horn but it's being like connected always to been a gag. It's, a, it's been a gag on more than just that show. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's possible, but, but they also do do hint that Homer's car is, like, from a weird foreign nation that doesn't even exist anymore. So. Something Stan. Dances with Stan. (laughs) Some kind of Stan nation. So, yeah, we're going to church. Bart's got portable, he's got his little uh, Walkman with his earbuds. Yeah, he's got earbuds. Yeah. 
Simpsons did it first. Go fuck yourself, Apple. <laughs> Maybe that's where they got the idea. And of course, Marge... Well, Marge confiscates it, but it also makes me wonder how she missed it in the first place. So, was he hiding it in the car? Or did she really just not do a thorough job? Yeah, maybe it was in the car. Had to have been. But, of course, Homer takes it into church with him. Take it mostly to the game. Did you also notice the sign in front of the church says, Pagans are welcome? I got a kick out of that. It's good to know that Reverend Lovejoy is all-inclusive. So, the kids are in Sunday school, and they are asking a lot of questions, because the whole topic is, who's allowed in heaven? <laughs> you know, well, if I'm in a horrible accident, will my arm be waiting for me? It's like, n no pets, none of this, the, the, doll <laughs> the ventriloquist goes to heaven, but the dummy doesn't. And I love that they're just torturing their Sunday school teacher. Ms. Albright, who isn't really a major character at all, but is sort of there to fill that role. Well, they need a Sunday school teacher. Let's just create one. Meanwhile, of course, Lovejoy's, Lovejoy's sermon is all about sports gambling, but Homer doesn't realize that because he's listening to the football game. And did you notice that they, they made it so Lovejoy's words match up perfectly with the sportscaster? Well, I mean, it's... So... It's Dan Cath I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's... What's-his-face is doing both voices anyway, so... Uh, no, Lovejoy's, uh, Harry Shearer. Yeah, Harry Shearer is doing both voices. Homer's Castellaneta. Oh, you mean the no, sportscaster? Meant, him and the sportscaster. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is awesome. Harry Shearer. Bassist for the greatest band ever. That's Spinal right, Tap. Spinal Tap. So, yeah, so... Homer, of course, makes an ass out of himself because he screams, it's good, at the touchdown. And he's like, it's good to see you all in church. So Marge is just not having this anymore. And she's disapproving of everybody in the car. And, uh, of course, Bart has to interrupt because he sees that Space Mutants 4 is playing at the theater. And he wants to go. Homer doesn't mind, but Marge absolutely refuses. So, of course, Bart does what any parent would do. Goes to his dad. When one parent says no, you go to the other one. Uh, can I get five bucks for a movie ticket? Which, of course, made me chuckle. Because I was like, really? Only five bucks? For a new movie? It must be nice. Back then, it wasn't even five bucks. Five bucks was expensive. Yeah, so that was probably the joke then. Actually, five bucks probably would have gotten him the ticket and some snacks, but we all know that's not the case anymore. Now you need... I, I remember $4 uh, matinees. <laughs> you, you need 10 bucks to get in and 10 bucks for your soda, so you better go with 20 Possibly more if you want candy oh, and popcorn. Don't, don't drink. <laughs> uh, I always have to have a drink at the movie theater. That's, like, that's the thing. Like I can go through entire movies without eating, but I always need to at least have a drink. Which is why I always have to pee afterwards. That's why I always have a, a piece of gum or a hard candy in my pocket in case I have a issue. You get the old hankering? Well, I get, like, catches or dry outs, and I will start coughing uncontrollably. Oh, yeah, so you gotta... Because of it. So I pop a 
piece of gum or a hard candy in. Which is probably way worse for somebody in the theater to hear than somebody chewing gum. Because you can be pretty quiet chewing gum. But, yeah, you start having a coffin fit. That's the worst. So, of course, Bart hops on the skateboard, heads to the theater, and meets up with our three bully characters. Well, Jimbo, Kearney, and Dolph, who's already snuck in to get the coast clear. And, of course, we all know that Jimbo Jones is the bully reputation. Kearney's last name, which is... I can't even pronounce it, but I'll spell it for everybody. Z-Z-Y-Z-W-I-C-Z. You figure that one out. Also, do you know what uh, what Dolph's last name is by any chance? Ziggler. I thought you were going to say Lundgren. Neither. The Red Nose Reindeer. It's Starbeam. Oh, yeah, there's another thing we learned. Like, his parents are freaking hippy dippies or whatever. Uh, dude, he's got the most, uh, he's got the most gimmick name, actually. You thought Jimbo was the gimmick name. No, I think Dolph Starbeam takes the cake there. My t shirt is chafing me. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Bart actually makes a good impression on Jimbo, so they invite him in to see the movie. And, of course, right at the good part, they get caught and the manager kicks them out. They're just like, we don't want to see your dumb movie anyway. Yeah, Bart, I got kicked out of Space Mutants 1 through 3. <laughs> <laughs> so it's off to the Quickie Mart. And Bart's actually offering to pay for their squishies. And while Apu's got his back turned, they shoplift like crazy. Which is actually kind of crap because Apu would never let anybody get away with that. Nowadays, I have eyes in the back of my head. Yeah, it really does. I also like how they call it the five finger discount when they all have four fingers. And later they'll actually call it a four finger discount, but here they're just kind of. St- it's season one, we're still establishing. So. So yeah, they're uh, they're hanging out. Thanks, thanks for the squishies, man. And Bart's. Kind of sort of realizing what kind of crowd he got himself into. So he's just, but he's not saying anything because he's got to stay cool, right? So when they end up in the center of town, they start hucking some rocks at the Jebediah Springfield statue. And Bart doesn't want to do it because he actually knows his Jebediah history. Yeah, so? So I'm going to hit him right between the eyes and then here comes the shopkeeper. To scold them. So now, of course, with their squishies and candy bars, they're laying on the grass and saying, like, yeah, the clouds start to look like stuff, and they're really messed up what they're what they're looking at. That one looks like a guy with a switchblade in his back. Yeah, that one looks like a school bus on fire and going over a cliff. And that's Jebediah Springfield, but without the head. What happened? Oh, yeah. What happens when they mention the statue without the head, Dan? Man, I think it would be cool if somebody cut the head off the actual statue. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I'd love to shake the hand of a guy that did that. He'd be the coolest kid in school. It'd really cheese kind of everybody off. It'd really cheese everybody off. 
but Bart's so reluctant to participate in an idea like that that they're they kind of just blow him off there they're like man i thought you were cool so of course as bart passes by the statue and real re- kind of goes over what everybody said he goes and finds his father and says is being popular important and what does homer tell him Pop- it's the most important <laughs> yeah it's the most important thing in life so bart Goes vigilante, sneaks out of the house after steps on the cat. Somehow manages to sneak into the town square, making a ton of noise and not get noticed, which means that uh, Springfield really is one of the quietest cities out there. Especially because nobody... One of those towns that shuts down. Which is really funny, because there's no nightlife in, in Springfield in this episode. Two episodes from now... There is an adult entertainment shop of every kind. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Which is what makes it so funny. <laughs> and that's, also... That's, that's, it's like the, the, the town of requirement, right? It's like, if, if, we, if it requires our town having three strip clubs, we will have three strip clubs. <laughs> if it requires us having zero, we will have zero. So Springfield's just the room of requirement. Yeah. <laughs> As an entire town. <laughs> makes sense to me. And again... Nobody hears Bart actually sawing off a statue head, which had to have made a ton of noise. But, but yeah, if there's... yeah, especially since like the way it looks, it looks like it's bronze. But like because they were throwing rocks at it, we know that it's hollow. So how thick is it? And even if it's not that thick, it would be the thickest at the neck, right? Because that's where the, it's the closest. The two parts are closest to each other. That's what you would think. So. But I will make I did make a note here. Bart's instant regret over his actions actually shows his true character. Like yes, we know he's a troublemaking kid, but he really does truthfully mean well. So the next morning, right out of the Godfather, Bart wakes up next to the head and screams. Are you okay, Bart? Uh yeah, we'll come down for breakfast. The, uh, the radio announcer is talking about what happens. Starts breaking down. Everybody in the family gets upset. You know, Lisa almost doesn't want to go to school. They show Moe's Tavern. <laughs> just give me We're a beer. The make... Elite meat to drink. Yes. Give me a, just give me a beer, Moe. Make sure it's got a head on it. And Moe just breaks down. The retirement home. Grandpa plotting revenge. I'll string that little punk up. So yeah, uh, basically, everybody's upset about it. Bart finds his bully buddies, and he's like, oh, we were just thinking about how we want to meet the guy who did it, which he was here right now. Oh, really? Then, uh, yeah, so we could beat him up, kick his ass. Break every bone in his body, and Bart immediately shuts the backpack. But you said it would be cool to cheese him off. No way, man. Dude, iced a bear with his bare hands. So what's in the bag, Bart? And Bart just panics and runs away. And he starts seeing all of the the angry crowd. You know, and of course people are like, oh, poor boy, poor boy seems disheveled. Yeah. Well, who wouldn't be upset? And now we start getting that telltale heart stuff because Jebediah is talking to him. It's my head, Bart. Tell them it's my head. Bart's trying to bury the evidence in the backyard. 
what are you doing? Sorry, Martin? dude. It's, it's him or me. The the head forms Bart's conscious, talks him out of it. He just can't do it. Also, did you notice that the uh, the kids were on the keep off the grass sign, which is always one of those one of those weird ass <laughs> like cartoon cliches, like that. It's like the worst crime is keep off the grass. Sure, it's just a bad a bad lot. Pretty much. Also, when uh, there's uh, fine, there's actual evidence to Smithers being a servant and Burns being helpless because Smithers has to hold the tissue up to Burns's nose and tell him to blow. And did you see Sideshow Bob? Yes, he's in the episode where and Krusty's like, if anyone knows, tell on him. And I'll send you a free family under the bus. (laughs) I'll send you a free slide whistle like Sideshow Bob's. It's like an early Bob design, too. He's not fully established yet. I also like the uh, when Bart comes in to confess, they're showing the dramatization about how Jebediah killed the bear, and they're like, recent evidence shows that the bear probably killed him. And I and I lulled. Yeah. But Bart's confession, you you pretty much feel it. You know, he conf- he brings the head to the family and confesses, and he starts admitting that, like... He didn't want to do this, but I got this idea that being popular was everything. And Homer's just like, oh, uh, let's lay off the boy. Homer, do you have something to do with this? No. (laughs) Yeah, well, Homer's immediate backtrack is pretty damn funny. And then we cut back to where we were at the beginning, and the crowd gets annoyed because they've already heard that part. So... Bart gives a pretty impassioned speech here, and even though he's got inner shame, I mean, it could be a lie, but everybody buys into it. And it's like, somehow I don't feel like killing anymore. If you think about it, the crowd really was just about to lynch a kid, which is a little messed up, but they have a little more sense here. Although in the Simpsons movie, they do try to lynch the entire freaking family. Yeah, well, it's their fucking fault, so... Well, that's true. Bart Not puts... undeserved. <laughs> so, of course, Bart puts the head back and apologizes, and the head forgives him. And I wonder how the head even stays on there since it was severed. So there must have must have pretty much just sit pretty well. And then, of course, I love you, Smithers. Oh, the feeling is more than mutual. So even from season one, we had hints. And at the very last shot is the crowd celebrating, and if you look closely, you could totally see Otto making out with some punk chick in the crowd. Yep. <laughs> That's like the first thing you can see, because it's right in the center. But yeah, Telltale Head. What do you think, Dan? Class. Classic. Absolute classic. It's uh, one of the better season one episodes, probably the de- defining Bart episode from the first season. Even though we get other episodes centered on Bart, this is the one that proves he's the prankster, and this is the one that became a pop culture icon. So now we'll do some trivia. First time we actually get a reference to Springfield having a town founder, Jebediah. We get a couple of debuting characters already mentioned. Apu's first official appearance. Uh, this is Krusty's first appearance outside the Tracy Ullman shorts, where he's designed a little bit more 
than just a Homer ripoff. As mentioned on previous episodes, Krusty was originally designed to be Homer in disguise. Yeah, that the kids don't find out for a long time. And yeah, that, that, that their hero and the man that they disliked the most were the same person. Yep, that was going to be the gag, but they decided that was just too complicated. Sideshow Bob has not truly been established here, but we do know there is a Sideshow Bob. All three bullies to complete the uh, the foursome, which will eventually include Nelson, but not now. It's also heavily implied that Jimbo is an older student who's been held back, and we all know Kearney has, because in later episodes we find out he's got a kid. Uh, he's literally... And first, one of the first times we see the family go to church. One of the only families back then that went to church. So we meet Reverend Lovejoy and Ms. Albright for the first time. Of course, we still have uh, Moe's Tavern. They're still figuring out the layout. The uh, the entrance door that would become synonymous with the bar later still leads to another room. This is one of only four episodes to credit Matt Groening as a writer. <clears throat> and uh, one of the first and possibly only utterances of Bart to say cowabunga on his skateboard for many years or for years many of the crew thought it was just a line added to t-shirts out of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles craze but in reality Bart pretty much never says it but they did market the hell out of it <clears throat> Uh, other than that, not too much more to say. There's a couple of voice shifts here. Uh, Tress McNeil does Jimbo. Pamela Hayden does Dolph. Later on, they're actually going to switch. Uh, I do like the uh, the angry mob sign, the Have You Seen Me with Jebediah Head. And the flashback idea was actually a late, a late telling. They were already in the color screening stage. And they decided, let's do this as a, as a flashback. So, there you go. What's a good way to add an extra minute or two to your episode? Absolutely. If you're going to be, if you're going to be short a minute or two. So, there we go. That's, uh, the old Telltale Head. A classic. Very good one. So, next time... We're going to be discussing Season 1, Episode 9, Life on the Fast Lane. Not Life in the Fast Lane, Life on the Fast Lane, which is a bowling reference. And our old pal Albert Brooks is going to be back for that one. Any final thoughts, Dan, on the Telltale Head before we wrap this up? Bart, why are you doing this, Bart? <laughs> I also like when they do the, uh, the big... South Park versus Family Guy episode on South Park, and they've got the little kid that looks like Bart Simpson there to shut Family Guy down, and Cartman's talking to him, and he's like, he's like, I'm a pretty bad kid. One time I cut the head off of a statue, and Cartman's like, oh man, that's pretty bold. It reminds me of this one time where I didn't like this kid, so I killed his parents and ground him up into chili and then fed him to the kid. And Bart's like, okay man, you win, and <laughs> just skateboards out of there. But yes, Telltale Head, a season one absolute classic. We'll see you guys next time for another stupid sexy podcast. Feels like a podcast and nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs>